some red wave that was. I saw more red on the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat back in the day. Those that don't remember, Nintendo pulled the bloody scenes from the classic arcade game, replacing gallons of blood spilled each match with a couple beads of sweat that fly off each character when they get hit. And that sums up this election for me. Something that had potential ended up being a neutered version of what people envisioned. The Northeast looks bluer this morning than a dead homeless man in Ed Buck's house after a weekend of partying with Adam Schiff. Speaking of dead people, not only did John Fetterman win his race in Pennsylvania after losing much of his mental faculties to a stroke, definitely not brought on by the COVID vax or anything, but so did Anthony Tony DeLuca, who actually fucking died on October 9th. Not only do the dead vote, but they can also win elections too. Now, besides the staggering advancements of the deceased in this midterm, we see the Democrats win enough to keep the Senate locked up at a tie, and they lost the House. The Republicans have also lost two governor's seats. Expect to see Republicans grandstand in the House on issues that will go nowhere but use the hype they create to push Trump on us in 2024. And this is where the next cycle begins. Aside from Ron Johnson and a few others who kept their seats, there isn't enough people who will be looking for justice for what happened during COVID. Our energy policy will continue to be the World Economic Forum's bitch. War in Ukraine and maybe elsewhere, will continue. And states' rights, which is an oxymoron, will be used to kill the babies we can't fucking bomb with our tax dollars. Oh, and those are probably going way up too, along with inflation and the cost of living. Thanks for playing. Come back in two years if we're not starved or evaporated in nuclear war. But what if we did something more proactive with our time these next two years? What if we organized and found ways to remove ourselves from the system that went from looking like a game of skee-ball to the chair scene in Casino Royale? My argument would be, what's the worst that could happen if we all peacefully withdrew from the grid, the system, and even this failed country? At this point, those who are living on the coasts are already locked into two more years of dogs and cats living together mass hysteria. I hear rumor of parts of Oregon who don't want to be ruled by insane, totalitarian, authoritarian collectivists may join up with Idaho to become a superstate. What do you think the federal government's response to that is going to be? More likely a resounding hell no, right? But what if they did it anyway? Well, you can bet your ass that the banks that own this country would have something to say about it. The media would probably and already does paint Idaho as a domestic terrorist safe haven. Bank accounts could be frozen, supply chains cut off. And there could even be criminal investigations by the alphabet agencies galore. But that doesn't mean they will succeed. 
What if the people in those places had what they needed to survive without the federal government and told the feds to fuck off back to D.C.? Is our federal government going to send a Waco-style response? Yeah, possibly. Will the media side with them? Absolutely. Should we not take action because of that? Fuck no. Living in fear from withdrawing ourselves from an abusive relationship and not leaving it is what keeps us as victims. And our political establishment makes Ike Turner look like Danny Tanner. R.I.P. Bob Saget. Sometimes you just have to call a cab and never come back home. But what if you already had a place to go? There's a couple pretty solid red states to escape to. Nothing wrong with finding a home where there's less chances of losing your property, your culture, and maybe even your life to a bunch of wackaloons. That's not always feasible. Or even just for the people who have a legacy in those places, they'd be leaving. But if you can't do anything peacefully to make a situation better, the first step anyone should take strategically and morally is to walk away. If you can do that by getting off the grid and all other forms of centralized control, then do that anywhere. Because examples of people like that are the ones we need to see more of. I'm sure you're tired of this shit like I am. I'm sure you're not exactly thrilled to hear about Trump for two more fucking years and then have God knows what happened in that election. It's time to walk out like they re-released your favorite movie in theaters, but when you sat down to watch it after buying a ticket, popcorn, and a drink for an exorbitant amount, the reel was switched for Netflix's cuties. Let's gather here each week on BitChute, Humble, Odyssey, Brighteon, and soon Rockfin. Let's see what we can build in the next two years. Let's get away from this unworkable model. Our current political establishment insists we stick with crude models that crash and burn. Let's defy the orthodoxy and build one that flies. You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many others. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us. And join the conversation by leaving your comments wherever you can. You can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Gab or at New Prisoner 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com and provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. You can now donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support with a monthly donation of 99 cents, 499, or 999. We also have a subscribe store 
where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. You can also donate both US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Now let's get on with the show. Okay, I'm number six, and this is the New Prisoners podcast. And I am here with Chris is a douche. <laughs> Sorry, the rest of the thing disappeared. Oh no, it keeps coming up. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, it's a sorry JLR at the end of it. Uh, the, the, there may be some contacts added to that later in the stream, but uh, let's let's move on with uh, John Henry. Would you like to say hello to the people this week? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, hey, hey guys. Uh, it's currently November seventh. Which means tomorrow we're going to find out just how close we are to the end of the world. couple points. John Fetterman finally gets out a coherent statement, and he says he supports the overruling of Roe versus Wade. Oops. Elon is absolutely cleaning house at Twitter. Says you can do whatever you want for $8. Uh, the Dems are literally cannibalizing themselves and absolutely imploding. Uh, you know, the progressive propagandist mouthpieces are now dropping like flies off of national television. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Joe Biden says gas prices are cheap. The economy is doing amazing and uh, no more coal plants. And we are not drilling for any more oil. Huh. The Dems are prepping us for election interference. Now, apparently, they're saying that an election can be falsified uh, and also uh, setting us up for there to be delayed results. Imagine that. Very interesting. And last but not least, my goodness, the people of Brazil, uh, they are standing out there in force, man. Hundreds of thousands of people going to the military facility saying that we know that our elections got stolen and we will not stand for a communist regime running our country. God, week by week by week, it's just more and more amazing, man. So. Uh, you're all going to hear this after the 8th. So I'd usually tell everybody, pray, pray for the right result. But uh, at this point, you guys will hear it after the fact. And uh, and I pray that our next conversation is really the one that we all hope for, which is our ability to uh, retrieve our country back and what's important to all of us. So uh, happy to be back uh, currently in the same time zone as number six, which is interesting. It feels good to be back in America. I was at Walmart today and saw somebody open carrying a pistol. So I got super excited about that and uh, just uh, good to be here, man. So certainly wanted to get back to the mainland before all hell potentially breaks even further loose tomorrow. Uh, back to you. Sam. All right. Thank you, John Henry. Well, just to jump into uh, this week's big four, I'm going to pull this one up from the new American NBC pulls story as irregularities mount in Paul Pelosi case. So this is a follow up from last week's um, uh, story of the big four. Where uh, we, a lot of things were melted in the Paul Pelosi case. <laughs> yes, I mean, douche. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. Is a douche, but um, no. This NBC is it. Is it any shocker though that a major network like NBC 
like completely in coordination with the Democratic Party, the global corporatist oligarchy. Uh, you know, they, is it any shocker that they? No, no is the <laughs> response. No, you don't even need to finish. No, I'm absolutely shocked by nothing. Not by them actually reporting the truth in one fucking instance, but then immediately retracting that. Uh, it, no, not surprised. Back I mean, is this election interference on the on you know, on the behalf of NBC? Uh, potentially, let's let's read on. It says on Fridays, the Today Show, NBC released an uncharacteristically interesting piece of original journalism, breaking new details about the Paul Pelosi, David DePape. Um, hammer confrontation, they're calling it. After consulting with sources familiar, quote unquote, with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence. I just like calling it the Papa, the Papa Hammer. Hammer. <laughs> Papa Hammer. That's, that's going to be an urban dictionary entry at some point. If, if anybody hasn't done it yet, those listening now, get at it. <laughs> what movie is that from where he goes, I'm, I'm the, the Papa. Papa. <laughs> I'm the Papa. I'm on it. I'm on it. Find it. I want to know what movie that's from. I believe it's a, a movie about the hood. I'm the Pepe. I remember that. Not the mama. Not the mama with the no, dinosaurs. No, that's dinosaurs. Like that. No, no. I think it <laughs> might be the um, mama. Oh, he says I'm the Pepe. We need to get that clip. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get it in post. Uh, it says NBC's Miguel Almaguar <laughs> reported that Mr. Pelosi opened the door to police. Now, this is what's like kind of uh, I'm baffled at this story. Like, so apparently it says in quotes, he did not immediately declare an emergency or leave his home. Maguire continued uh, Pelosi next w- next walked several feet back toward the assailant and away from police. Why the 82 year old did not appear to seek an urgent rescue from De Pepe <laughs> was unclear. These details seem to contradict much of the federal affidavit, you don't say, written by an FBI agent whose declared background was in investigations of domestic terrorism and who has participated in several investigations of militia violent extremists. You know, the ones that the FBI, you know, set up and infiltrate and pretty much, you know, fabricate the entire fucking thing. You know, like the Gretchen Whitmer case and a bunch of other stuff and, you know, January 6th. You know, to justify their existence. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it says in the affidavit, affidavit ooh, the scene was described thusly. When the door opened, Pelosi and De Pepe were both holding a hammer with one hand and De Pepe had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's forearm. Maybe it wasn't his forearm. We don't know. NBC's Amaguar concluded his report with an acknowledgement. In quotes, it says, we still don't know what exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone before police arrived. Wow, they were really on it. It looked bad for NBC. But fucking. <laughs> it's a slight possibility there, uh, Chris. It says, unable to square the circle. The network pulled the report and deleted the video from their website. Wow. Just complete Stalinistic scrubbing. Gotta love it. It says the case has been loaded with numerous irregularities and strange details since unfolding in the early morning hours of October 28th. Now it says in making the initial phone call to police, Pelosi described to Pepe as a friend. (laughs) 
This has been characterized as Pelosi's way of notifying the police that he was in danger without alarming De Pepe. But given that Pelosi appears to have been isolated from De Pepe while making the call, that detail continues to be a confusing one. You keep making me choke, dude, with the well, Go ahead. Here comes another one. Uh, can you please pull up the link I oh. just sent you? Uh, 22 second. 22 second mark, it says. Okay. Going back to Brave. Going back to Brave. You two watch. And you said t- 22 second mark? Got. Right at 22 right seconds. At 22 seconds. Oh, this is the movie Life with uh, Martin Lawrence and um, Eddie Murphy. Yes. Right at the 22 seconds, he says. I'm the pappy. I'm the pappy. (laughs) Thank you, John Henry. And I was going to say, uh, do we have not the moment on the show? I didn't hear it. It wasn't just for you. Oh, I didn't. I heard it. Oh, he heard it. How did he hear it? Well, I heard someone go, Da-ba-ba. oh, okay. Well, let me do this. And not the have I not been not screen sharing to you, gentlemen, the entire time? This this is just a this nope. is just a travesty. All right, hold on one second. Let me switch to this. Who's producing the show? Chris I know. What the hell's <laughs> not going on? The mama. That's that's who's producing the show, not the mama. All right, switching back. Let's get it one more time, folks, just for everybody to hear it loud and clear. Going back to 22 seconds. Most replayed, it says. Right, right about there. And, oh, make sure the volume's high. Out of Peppy! <laughs> I don't even know uh, the context of it, but it's even better now because, well, Bernie Mac. God rest his soul. You know, absolutely. And he is not of the other type that, uh, the guy that actually is alive, uh, Richard Belzer, um, that I mentioned before, whom I thought was dead. Bernie Mac is actually dead. Is that correct, Chris Graves? Is Bernie Mac actually dead? In this this current version of our existence, uh, Bernie Mac died right around the time John, <clears throat> John Ritter died. Around that time. They were both in Bad Santa. Wow. Thank you, Chris Graves. You're and welcome. I'm glad we're keeping it uh, in, in the canon of today's uh you know, reality. So <laughs> now um, just to finish this up, David, the Papa uh, himself is a figure of much unresolved confusion and speculation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Initially characterized as a right wing conspiracy theorist. Oh, of course, they always pin that shit on us, right? Odd details such as his pension for nudis- nudism activism. Isn't he like Nancy's beard? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. And it says, and illegal immigration status have resulted in a more complex picture than originally presented. Uh, His so-called right-wing blog has made the most unhinged QAnon followers look like the picture of lucidity. In some cases, post by DePape, where just single words like solipsism... Uh, creepy stuff from a guy who is far from a generic Republican. It says it isn't just the douche. It isn't just the content of the Pape's uh, websites that is curious, but also the origins of the sites themselves. Last week, Tucker Carlson took a closer look in quotes. It says one of these sites was apparently called friendlyfriends.com and friend 
it, it, instead of being spelled friend, it's R F E N S. Like you're a Doge cat or Doge. Solipsism yeah, Doge. is the philosophical idea that only one's mind is sure to exist. Oh, well, that's what we were just talking about and with all the multiple universes. So. Epistemological position. Solipsism holds the knowledge of anything outside of one's own mind is unsure. Mm-hmm. He got it all figured out. I thought I thought it was what happens I like, I like uh, to you. Quantum leap, quantum leap is coming back, and that was a good show back in the day. Scott Bakula. Oh yeah, fair. definitely, definitely that. And um, of the other shows that were of that similar variety, Highlander, hundred percent. And Herman's Herman's head. Herman's too. head. Oh yes. Thank. Now you're bringing me back, dude. Well, and speaking of Herman's head, it says one of these sites was apparently called Friendly Friends. Dot com Carlson reported. And the strange thing about that website is that the web address for it was registered back in September, but there's content on the site that is backdated to August and internet archiving services didn't register any content from that blog. Apparently David DePape's blog until no, October 28th. That was the day DePape's attack on Paul Pelosi. At best, we are left with a complicated and confusing picture that has only gotten stranger by the day it says wow so um yeah do you think that they jump on and create like remember how we talked about how they always try and pin shit on you know like parlor and gab and all the alternative sites that we're welcome on um because they want to shut down free speech well what they do is is that they set a bunch of like you know mentally incompetent people up you know some people are a little on the, on the spectrum of something or other and then they they send like more fbi agents than there are actual like people or threat people that they deem threats at least. And then um, they plan a bunch of bullshit online to make them look guilty, to make them look like it was like motivated by something or other, right? Because they just pull this shit out of the ether. Like these people just appear. They're not real. They're plants. They're something. They're agents of something. I don't know what, but when it gets down to NBC, <coughs> oh, absolutely. <coughs> and like when it gets down to like NBC getting probably like a, a phone call from whomever it might be that, oh, hey, you, you might want to take that down um, because um, we're the alphabet agency that will fucking destroy you. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fuck you, NBC. You censorious pricks. So moving on, uh, this one from Activist Post, and this is by way of our, our friend Guard Goldsmith with his newsletter. Uh, definitely go and subscribe to that on Substack. And while you're at it, subscribe to number six on Substack too. And as it says, number six declared unmutual. And that is true. But um, going back to the article, though, from Activist Post, it says, Judge Hans Biden administration, huge setback in big tech government censorship case. Um, now, this is by Zachary uh, Steiber. It says the Biden administration's attempt to block depositions of several key officials was turned out November 2nd by a U.S. judge. U.S. District Judge Terry Doherty, a Trump appointee, or Doherty, Doherty, whatever, rejected a request for a partial stay for his October 21st order, authorizing the depositions of eight officials, including President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Douche. All right. Government lawyers asked the judge to impose the partial stay as an appeals court weighs a request to vacate the part of his order that enables the depositions of Surgeon General Vivek 
Murthy, a Biden appointee, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Director Jen Easterly, a Biden appointee, and Rob Flaherty, a Deputy Assistant to the President. Now, it says in here in bold, absent a stay, quote-unquote, high-ranking government officials would be diverted from their significant duties and burdened in both preparing and sitting for a deposition, all of which may ultimately prove to be unnecessary if the Court of Appeals grants their request, the government said. And fuck the government. But Doherty uh, ruled that the government failed to show how the officials would be irreparably harmed apart from referencing a diversion from significant duties. That didn't meet the standard for showing irreparable harm, he said. On the other hand, the plaintiffs, including the Attorneys General of Missouri and Louisiana, would be irreparably harmed by a partial stay because they've alleged a violation of the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment and the loss of First Amendment freedoms, even for minimal minimal periods of time, unquestionably constitutes irreparable injury, Daugherty said. Now, quoting from a ruling in a separate case. Now, in bold again, it says, in quotes, the court finds that both the public interest and the interest of other parties in preserving free speech significantly outweighs the inconvenience of three deponents will have in preparing for and giving their depositions. So essentially, the government's excuse was, it's going to be a pain in my ass because like, I'm going to have to do things. That was their excuse, John Henry. Wow. It looks like we'll probably get a lot of transparency in cases like this, right? Remember how we used to think that we could just drag these bastards into court and once we got them there, we'd be able to pull their pants down and just show the whole tiny, you know, wiener uh, to the world that they have. But no, but no, um, what they do is, is that they always get shit thrown out. Um, Things get over, the rulings get overturned. Um, they don't go into the depositions that they're supposed to. Um, it, there's just always a way for them to weasel their way out. It, isn't it great that the system is built this way? That they, they can always find like a clause or some type of little fucking uh, other level of of the government to overrule the previous level of the government to protect the establishment. Well, we'll see what happens here. Um, now, it says the depositions are scheduled to take place in early December. Fauci is slated for November, according to a notice made public by the Gateway Pundit, one of the plaintiffs. So, but yeah. Uh, Now let's move on. Uh, The next one in the big four. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because, uh, like John Henry had mentioned, we do have the elections coming up. Uh, Many of you that might choose to vote still uh, may go out and vote for Republicans for whatever reason. Now it says Republicans drop a thousand page report saying that the FBI is rotted at its core, manipulated domestic uh, violent extremism statistics. Remember how we were talking about that before, about this Paul Pelosi bullshit and everything Hmm. for politically uh, for political purposes and deliberately downplayed serious allegations of wrongdoing from Hunter Biden. Now, it says Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee released a thousand page report on Friday alleging widespread politicization and misconduct in the FBI. The damning files said that the Bureau is rotted at its core, manipulated domestic violent extremism statistics for political purposes and downplayed investigations and serious allegations of wrongdoing leveled at Hunter Biden. Republican members of the committee also said whistleblowers have come forward with allegations of rampant corruption manipulation, and abuse 
and have tried to purge conservative employees. The report was created without the help of the Democrats on the committee, which are the majority party, and was released four days before the midterm elections and signals that the GOP will target the Bureau if they retake the majority in the House. A large part of the report was copies of letters the committee has sent to the FBI and the Biden administration detailing the allegations. It details Republican Senator Chuck Grassley's revelation that Agent Tim Tebow, uh, as part of a scheme to discredit derogatory information on President Joe Biden's son, and caused allegations from the laptop to be falsely labeled as disinformation. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, under the stewardship of Director Christopher Wray, who sucks, and Attorney General Merrick, Garland, General Merrick Garland, who also sucks a bag of Richards, is broken. The GOP report states, The problem lies not with the majority of frontline agents who serve our country, but with the FBI's politicized bureaucracy. So what are they going to do about it, folks? I don't know. John Henry, if we vote in Republicans and they actually get in and like the, the elections aren't fucked like they are in Brazil, um, uh, do you think that the Republicans to get in office are going to do anything about the FBI? I'll, I'll switch back to the panel. Graves, you can jump in on this one, too. I forgot to pause after the last one. And if you had anything to say about the Paul Pelosi stuff, please add in. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> the Paul Pelosi thing is just disgusting. It's so absurd, man. I mean, there's so much suppression that takes place. Um, you know, of accurate information. I mean, it just, it makes me sick. But that being said, I don't really care so much about that. It just is what it is. I mean, really what's more important is we need to concern ourselves with the corruption of Nancy Pelosi, um, who has raped and pillaged this country and this economy in the worst ways humanly possible. And I'm sorry, beyond human, because she's a fucking yes. demon, in my opinion. So to answer your question, um, I think we're going to be facing a very eye-opening moment because you have these state representatives, members of the House, senators, that they talk a big game about what they'll do if they were in power. And I guess there's kind of two questions. One, will they do it? Well, I hope so. I hope they will. Um, but the second question is, can they? Or is the cabal just too fucking big? Yeah. So, I mean, that's really my question. Is there more evil than good in our current political environment? Um, so there's a big question mark for me in both of those areas, honestly. Well, for me, it's just uh, there hasn't been a case involving the FBI as of recent that I can think of where they've played it straight, like a major political story involving the FBI where you can be like, oh, yeah, the FBI actually did right there. Like nothing. I mean, yeah. here's what happens. Uh, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the IRS, they need to be completely fucking yeah. dismantled. Down with them. They're all criminal organizations. ATF. Oh, yeah, ATF too. Oh, definitely. A I mean, yeah. come on. Who the fuck? When I've said this before, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Are you yep. fucking kidding rights, me? Rights and rights. The same rights. organization. <laughs> sounds, like a good, sounds like a good fucking yeah. time. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Good time for sure. Happy I'm in Tennessee now. Get to see a lot more of that. Um, yeah. But no, man, it's just like, what in the actual fuck? Right? I mean, they're all criminal syndicates. So I agree with that one too, Graves, and I appreciate you contributing that one because they're all fucking criminal enterprises. Yep. So I don't know. 
you know, I've said this before, hope isn't a strategy, but damn it, it's about all I got right now. So I sure well, hope the right thing happens. I'll tell you, my great my great grandmother said something really, really powerful to me. Said hope in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. Yeah. I got that on a hat. No, um, but to people be don't like that. Because <laughs> I actually say that a lot to people. They're like, Did oh, you? I hope. And they're always like, ew. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. It's supposed to be a very vivid yeah. fucking fecal. Yeah. It's disgusting. Like, oh, that's high fiber. Yeah, well, I'm fucking aggressive. What it is. All right, all right, I'll, all right. I cool my jets. No, but to answer uh, what you were saying, both of you were saying, um, uh, I'm gonna have the, the. I probably have the opinion that's not uh, very favorable, but I think the Republicans are just as rotted as the other side, and I think the whole game is rigged. So. The FBI is used by the Republicans during their rule ruling uh, times, too. If I remember correctly, Mr. Robert Mueller was the head of uh, the FBI during 9-11 mm-hmm. and pretty much helped uh, wipe that under the rug for uh, Mr. Cheney and Bush and the powers that be that it's all like pro wrestling. Like uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Billy Ray Valentine said to me last night, actually, um, Kind of backed up the whole Jesse Ventura, what Jesse Ventura has been saying for years. It's all, they're all buddy, buddy backstage. They're two signs to the same corroded coin. Uh, there's Speaking no difference of, uh, whatsoever. Can I, just, I contribute yeah, yeah. to that. I want you to finish yeah. too, because I agree with you. On this. Oh, I just did. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck Mick Foley. Oh, yeah. What happened to him, right? Always, I mean, I. I like in the back, like in the back of a Volkswagen. No, I don't understand no. what happened. What do you do? He is so fucking liberal, progressive, and very aggressive in his That's delivery dope. of those opinions, man. I'm like, oh, you oh. gotta be. Shit. I mean, he's got a lot of chair wow. shots to the head over the years. So, I mean, a lot of big falls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unprotected, nonetheless. Sure. Like most of the guys will throw their hands up and block it a little bit, but he didn't really. Yeah, it was just raw dog, yeah. you know. So, but no, I mean, the thing about Foley too, that really uh, disheartens me is that he, he seems like such a wonderful human being in terms of like the Santa Claus thing that he does, you know, like the dressing up as Santa and being big on Christmas. I'm surprised. But then, yeah, I guess everybody's susceptible to that news media propaganda bullshit and just making them turn that way. Uh, But, oh, John Henry, you're muted for some reason. Yeah, but what what I was saying is that I, for me personally, there's just as rotten uh, Republicans as the these damn liberal hippies and all sort of this shit. And then you got like the the other side of the coin where they're, in my opinion, they're just as bad. So I, that's why I took myself out of the uh, like George Carlin would say. That's true. And I'm going to totally fuck it. I'm going to totally fuck this up, but. I'm just here for the show now. I don't really have a stake in it. I mean, to be honest, I know that's a shitty thing to say, especially if you have families or whatever. Um, I just, me personally, how much more defeated could I feel by like my fellow man or my country or anything? So if I dwell on that shit, it's just going to make my health go even more down the shitter than it already is. So I try not to think about it, but I do try to make people uh, you know, realize that this all is a bad circus show. There's no, we don't even have two choices. It's a puppet show. I mean, I, w- I would agree largely with a lot of that. My thing is, is that, so there are a lot of people 
um, that I know in my life and a lot of people that listen to this show uh, that do lean sort of right politically, whatever you want to call that these days, right? And um, the problem is, is that when one side seems to get away with things in, in terms of injustices, and then the other side just gets hammered all the time. Like the other, the, the, the right side of things seems to be the target of the establishment at this point. Now, there are some left. Yeah, but six, you know, six, I don't mean no, to cut no. you off, but if you really look at things throughout history, yeah. right? There are horrible errors, eras or yeah. errors where there's the appearance of like Bill and Hillary Clinton could get away with murder and did yes. quite a bit back in the 1990s with the help of the liberal media mm-hmm. or the FBI. Mm-hmm. Guess what? During the Bush years, the same thing happened. I, and I studied this. I watched during Reagan, the Reagan oh, years. 100%. There's no difference. I don't mean to upset anybody that you no, may no, no. know, because there's very good people that are, you know, on the right. And I know people that are very good on the left that are fed up just as well. But I also know a lot of independents and Green Party people and this or that. So I don't mean to make anyone upset. Just my personal opinion is that when we're getting all bent out of shape, at these so-called fights in the media, or if, like you said, it, the appearance of one side versus the other, there was a long time where it seemed like we were going to have some kind of tyrannical thing going on with the Bush dynasty. Oh yeah, the so that's the what establishment I mean. itself is yeah. one like amalgamation yeah. of of just fucking you know, demonic thing. garbage. Yeah, absolutely. But the it's it's target or it's it's focus right now seemingly like in the establishment documents that we've read and other things seems to be the the, the focus on domestic terrorism the way that the media is their turn things. it's the liberals it's the liberals and democrats mm-hmm. turn you're absolutely if that's yeah. what you're saying yeah. you're absolutely right but we'll get we'll get the oh, other side true, though yeah. again they go back oh, yeah. and forth absolutely and that's that's why like when those failures of injustices happen like when the ones the hypocrisy is on plain is in plain sight for people on the right. And then you get things like this that happen. Um, so this I pulled from the daily mail. It, it says a bullet and death threats won't knock this green beret off his mission. Defiant GOP candidate vows to fight on after his kids were nearly killed by gunmen who shot at house after Dem rival posted campaign ad outside the North Carolina property. So uh, I, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, though, is that I know that, you know, the establishment will come after all sides, whatever is a threat to them. OK, but currently, if you look in the media sphere for victimization, um, you're going to find a whole lot of people that are propping up victims on the left and, and showing the establishment like, hey, these are the victims that we want you to pay attention to. And these are the victims that we favor, you know, us companies in the media, us giant NBC conglomerate companies, you know, Comcast, Universal, you know, all those companies, you know, Disney, um, they can prop up all of these left wing victims. But when the right wing victims aren't, you know, are just completely overlooked, that's what causes the public to side with people. Right. That's what perpetuates all this. You know, so when you see people on the right having their house shot at with their kids inside of it. And nothing's really done about it. But then Paul Pelosi's story gets pulled off of NBC because, you know, because they have to protect him. That's why I people mean, his lose fucking their shit. political opponent filmed a video outside the yeah. man's house. And then they shoot at his fucking house. Right. Carrie Lake has white substance 
delivered to her fucking campaign mm-hmm. office. I just hope you guys don't think that I'm a, a left. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. no we're good. I appreciate I think, you being objective I, that way, but it's just fucking yeah. insane, man. Our concern is more frame a fucking Looney Tune is an ultra mega fucking right wing. Well, this is what causes you know, small it, it domestic terrorists on this to, life to breathe. Where you have people actually, yeah. I mean, we're talking about candidates that they, a fucking man tried to stab a candidate on the fucking stage mm-hmm. while he was doing a fucking campaign speech. I'm telling you, man, this is all violence. engineered. So people fight yes. each other. So people will cause violence. It's all engineered to cause yes, this is. type of Absolutely. shit. Yeah, and it's exactly. Sickening. And then you have it's these not fucking a party thing. It's just coming out. Assholes that are yep. running us. Thing. And they're coming out and saying, we don't solve problems with violence and protests. That's all you solve problems yeah. with. The problem was a free America. Mm-hmm. That was the problem. The problem was a capitalist system that fucking worked. So what do they do? They invite COVID in and they fucking have the BLM riots and they burn cities to the fucking ground and people were attacked and murdered and raped and assaulted and all the terrible things. And everybody, they clap their hands about it. When, when people were locked in their home and social distancing and wearing masks fucking everywhere and showing their medical records to, to go eat dinner at a fucking restaurant. And don't forget years and years of That's propaganda saying that MAGA people loss. are Nazis and that MAGA people need to die or be exterminated or there needs to be a I purge. Agree with I, I, agree well, yeah. with, I agree with the both of you, but can I just point one thing out? Most, if not all, except for maybe three examples that I can remember, none of the Republican leadership gives two fucks Truth. about the January 6th Truth. prisoners. So that's... That's yep. all I'm going to say on that. Yep. Like if it was, a, if they weren't both the same, that's why thing, I wanted to bring this up to let people know, listening that, you know, the don't expect fairness from this system. Like don't, don't expect fairness. Cause they're it's divide yes, and conquer. Cause they're purpose. using, they're using stories like this. They're using small, violent tactics like this. And then other setups, like we just read about, like with, from the FBI, like the, they're using those types of things to frame us Co-intel, all up. Mockingbird, yeah. Cointel Pro, all this shit is Ninja yeah. fucking near it. And there's documents. It's, in the, the immortal words of Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Like getting into getting into um, a a party like this when you see like the hypocrisy happen to people on your political side over and over again, and it spurs you to want to do something um, violent at all. Like that's that's the trap that they're setting. That's what they want, because then they then they can start. It's like a a snowball rolling down a hill. They want it eventually to be a gigantic avalanche and and whatever it takes out of their political opponents. Like a, they're like happy about it. Nice snowball. Oh, yeah. or? <laughs> I just need some levity right now. because This is very, very scary. Well, yeah, I mean, but th- this is this is why I wanted to bring it up, though, on this type of show, just to talk about it. Like, I know that we all have, you know, maybe different leanings, you know, when it comes to politics or different uh, conclusions that we come to. But we can probably all agree on is that the establishment wants to use violence to stamp down its political opponents. And when we see violence happening towards, you know, j- particularly people on the right and then nothing's really done about it. The people on the right notice that, and then they want to engage. They want to engage somehow. And I'd rather them engage intellectually. I'd rather them get get spiritual. I'd rather them, you know, find uh, groups to hang out in and fucking even you know, sexual. Yeah, yeah. I'd be hey, whatever. Hell yeah, snowball. There ain't nothing you know wrong I mean? with that. But um, you know, if anybody wants to 
Well, if I don't want it in my mouth, but yeah, I support it. Not that there's anything wrong with but, that. But I mean, but other people find uh, some type of uh, relief in shows like this, though. So just be able to gather together, look at the silly shit that happens to people like us, and to get over it before we do something stupid. Like that's it. This show has been a tremendous help to me. It's not like I don't have any fucking anger issues. John Henry, you could probably elaborate a lot on that. Um, but you know, the, the fact that we get together and talk this stuff out and talk to one another as friends is so fucking helpful to me and how I get through each and every week. So I hope that you out there listening, I hope that this show does the same thing to you, for you that it does for me in that regard. Uh, if not more hell, but, uh, let's move on. Actually, let's, let's move on to the, this one, uh, talking about elections being all kinds of fucked up. This one from The Blaze. It says, a registered Democrat voter in Florida accused of voting in multiple uh, state elect accused of voting in multiple states in several elections since 2014. And there we have the photo. And it's been a long time since Gollum has seen trees or knows what wind feels like. <laughs> Yum. Yes. Uh, now, if I if, if I didn't have kind of voice I have right now I'd go into the tasty fish song from the from the movie that is my favorite musical piece uh from the Lord of the Rings but uh, we'll move on it says a Florida woman was arrested and charged with voting crimes on Friday the voter who is registered who is a registered democrat is accused of voting in multiple states in several elections since 2014 Sherilyn Leslie of Loxahatchee yeah was charged with two counts of casting more than one ballot in an election. Both are third-degree felonies. Leslie was being investigated for voting fraud regarding the 2020 general election. The investigation was spearheaded by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement's Election Crime Unit, or FDLE, and the Florida Secretary of State's Office of Election Crimes and Security, a new office created in July by Governor Ron DeSantis to investigate election crimes in Florida. Now, it says the agency said Leslie voted in the 2020 federal and state primary elections in both Florida and Alaska. The 55-year-old Florida woman reportedly voted in Alaska by mail and voted early and in person in Palm Beach County. Investigators said Leslie had also voted in both states in 2014, 2016, and 2018. Look, doesn't this work great? Isn't this an awesome system? How many times do you think that this happens altogether? Like, I'll, I'll go back to the panel for a second, but, you know. Catherine Engelbrecht got let out of prison today. What was that, John? Have you moved closer to the mic a little bit? Catherine, Catherine Engelbrecht got let out of jail Enlighten today. Enlighten us. Familiarize us with who the Catherine Engelbrecht. Oh, true yes, the, the True the Vote. Just for the listeners. The two leaders of True yeah. the Vote, they got arrested because they did not uh, provide a confidential source. Apparently, they were arrested last week. And uh, Catherine Engelbrecht was released today. All right. Well, that is good news that she's out of jail. Um, the Lord knows that the establishment will probably try and drag her back into jail for whatever reason it can, uh, especially if she actually has something. And it figures like, you know, if if there was nothing there, this is kind of like the uh, the Hunter Biden or no, the actually the Ashley Biden diary story that we covered a while back. Right. That oh, if there wasn't yeah, anything yeah, there, why are they going after him? So there must be something there, right? <laughs> you guys hear yeah, me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you. There you go, folks. He agrees. Now, um, on to more elections being fucked up. This one happening in the great state of Milwaukee. 
says Milwaukee elections official fired over ballot fraud. Um, it says a Milwaukee elections. Um, excuse Ooh. me, sir. Uh, Milwaukee is not a oh, state. Oh, yeah. The Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sorry. Dumb. 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 <laughs> yes. Come back to the new prisoners for all accurate information. Yeah, geography, not a strong suit. <laughs> that says a Milwaukee. It's the great country of <laughs> the Sheboygan. The great country of Sheboygan. Yes. We're going to go through all the cities, actually, that were mentioned in trains, planes, and automobiles. That country is <laughs> Every, oh. Everyone that uh, John Candy uh, rattled off that his band played. <laughs> Now, it says a Milwaukee elections official has been fired after allegedly requesting military ballots for fake voters. <laughs> Kimberly Zapata, the I'm the papa. No, no, the Zapata, it says the deputy director of the Milwaukee Election Commission was terminated from the role after using bogus names to request the ballots and sending them to Republican state rep Janelle. Oh, man. Brangen, Milwaukee mayor. Cavalier Johnson announced Thursday. Wait a minute. <laughs> the mayor's name is Cavalier Johnson. That's a fucking porn star name and a half. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. You go, Milwaukee. That's fantastic. It says, I will not accept, I will not tolerate this song quotes, and I certainly will not defend any misrepresentation by a city official involved in elections. It does not matter that this might have been an effort to expose a vulnerability. Oh, is that what they're claiming? They're claiming now that they're a whistleblower? Is this, guy, is this, the, is this the Governor Cavalier dick? Is that what um, you're talking it, about? It indeed is. Should we, should we be reading this in a Cavalier Johnson way? Like, are we reading it all wrong? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what he's saying here is that it may have been an effort to expose a vulnerability. So my question is, is that was this an attempted whistleblowing that failed? Who knows? Um, that I'm blowing and exposed. The guy's name's Dick and he's cavalier about it. Was it Cavalier or is that the, the nickname? Uh, cavalier Johnson. And if you have a Cavalier Johnson. Um, yeah, and he exposed it while whistleblowing. <laughs> Thanks, people. Beautiful. Uh to expose the vulnerability, it says that state law created. It does not matter that this alleged crime did not take place at work. It does not matter that city of Milwaukee ballots were not part of, of this. Nor does it matter that there was no attempt to vote illegally or tamper with election results, Johnson said, in a lengthy. <laughs> Thank you, Cavalier Johnson. <laughs> Twitter thread Thursday. He means <laughs> Now, it says that Branchin announced earlier this week that she found the ballots delivered to her on October 27th. She also said that she believed that someone appeared to be trying to make a point about the military ballot process. So what is going on with these military ballots, folks? It says, in quotes, I believe someone was trying to point out how easy it is to get military ballots in Wisconsin. That's the actual state, folks. Registration for military ballots is not required. So a fictitious name and birth date is all that is required to obtain a military ballot online. Looks like they're doing a great job of putting this shit together, folks. Great system. Hong Kong. Get rid of the paper ballots, I says. And they, they, and they listened. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Branch had said on this statement on Monday, uh, feeling shocked about this situation is an understatement because it demonstrates stolen valor for those who protect this nation. I think it's sad that people feel they have to break the law to get the attention of the legislature. This is now the second time citizens have tried to point out loopholes in our elections. So again, 
it, it keeps pointing to the fact that this person um, that was arrested may have been trying to blow the whistle on or at least expose the vulnerabilities. There are things like this, too, in tech. They call them zero days. I remember watching a documentary on Vice back in the day about this. And um, what happens is, is that hackers, you know, who hack things illegally often uncover the loopholes or backdoors and other things. <laughs> oh, boy, we got to watch backdoors with Cavalier Johnson around the <laughs> back holes, uh, poop holes. You keep going. But uh, I have a but cigarette by hacking the websites. Cavalier Johnson and the Papa Hammer. The Papa Hammer. <laughs> yes. But not, not the mama. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, you would hope not, but not with, not with a, not with a Johnson like that, like Cavalier, but, uh, Hey, thank you. Rim, rim job or rim shot. Sorry. <laughs> but I was going to say that, you know, when it, when we're talking about like these, uh, zero days or these vulnerabilities, like if we're relying on the establishment, right. To, to point out where they've fucked up, um, pretty much our only ally there has been sort of the media, um, so people that are working on the inside, the people that are maybe sitting and listening to this at an office right now thinking like, oh, I can uncover something really fucked up. Uh, I'm going to tell my boss about it and they're rather going to bury it or fire me. Or I could do something sort of illegal like this person did and get it exposed and do a good thing. I don't know where ethically I should tell you folks what to do. I should probably tell you not to do illegal stuff, right? Just choose your battles wisely, people, and use your brains. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I'd say that uh, elections, are, are they the hill to die on? Uh, th- that's up to you. I'm, I'm not there to make that choice. But, you know, if, if somebody in working in elections or but no violence, he's no, not advocating no. violence, people. Let's make that very clear right here and now because they use that oh, shit you know, against people all, all the, the time. time. And I was just going to say, but th- this person, this, uh, you know, this Kimberly Zapata. Uh, after being terminated and everything, I mean, if if all that comes of this is just that person losing their job and they expose this great vulnerability, I'd say that they probably did a good thing. I don't know. Well, moving on. No, that's a hero. You're absolutely right, Six. That's a hero. What do you think, John Henry? I think that's a hero that should be commended and should not be prevented from uh, being able to have some kind of livelihood after the fact. That's my opinion. Hero. Yeah. Vote is hero. Now, moving on to our, our last of the big four for this show, uh, I always want to include some type of COVID block. And, um, well, isn't this grand, grand news? As we're rounding out yet another year of, uh, you know, rule under Joe Biden and uh, all of the things from the COVID hypocrisy that have drizzled down from the start of the pandemic under you know who until now. But we continue with 2023, yes, America will still demand proof of COVID vaccination to enter the country in 2023. We're saved, folks. We're saved. Uh, the establishment has our back. They're still, they're still hanging. On, they're still hanging on this shit for real. I, I know they're trying to make it so your kids can't go to school. I know, and that's a huge one. But they're still doing this. Well, it says uh, making it the only country in the West that's even doing this. Like, and is is it because like our government is wholly owned by Pfizer and Moderna at this point? Um, you know, like why else would this happen? Uh, Brought to you by Pfizer. Go fuck yourself, yeah. people. <laughs> I mean, if in, in, if it weren't for our establishment being in complete coordination and just uh, the same fucking people, really. 
like the same people that worked for all the big pharma companies work for the government or worked for the government and now work for the pharma companies. Choose, choose either one and you're correct. <laughs> but it says here that travelers flying into the United States will still need proof of COVID vaccination in 2023 making the U.S. the only country in the West to stick by the failing policy. Thank you for including that, Dylan. Now, now it says the Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, whom both Chris Graves and our dear John Henry both love, <laughs> has extended the rule. Yeah, they uh, got pretty intimate with me, and uh, I complained that they stopped. And then they lost my, they did a whole bunch of stuff to my luggage and put a little note in there and said, ha ha, the TSA, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, it, it should, they should give you a better seat on the plane, given the amount or, or the length of the inhale when they're smelling their fingers afterwards, right? Like the longer that they sniff, the further you up. Said the you said you promised you would not tell. You would not tell the you The better bastard. seat in the plane you should have. That's how you got that window seat, Graves. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway. What window seat? I was sandwiched in between two bigger people than oh, me. That, that must have been amazing. I would, I would have loved to have seen. <laughs> I need a cigarette really bad. I don't know if the three of us could fit in one row together. That would be an amazing plane trip anywhere. The three of the John Henry, myself, and you, Chris Graves, all in a single row. That would be fantastic. Hey, I could, I, I could think of worse things. Yeah, like being covered in well, gravy during well, the entire bad, trip. It, that is pretty horrible. <laughs> that is pretty horrible, actually. Now, it says uh, the TSA has extended the rule and it applies to non-U.S. citizens. So anybody that wants to come here that doesn't get the jab, well, fuck you people, it says. Now, until at least January 8th next year to limit the risk, it says limit the risk of COVID-19. That that says nothing. How is it limiting the risk? And what is limiting the risk? To what limit? To lower you, it to what you threshold? You got to be separated six inches. Remember the six inch thing from Cavalier Dick there. That I remember he made the speech about it. That's how you protect yourself from COVID. Six inches, yes, right? Yes, the, the Cavalier Johnson six inch rule is. It is. Chris Graves, thank you <laughs> for that. But um, I mean. <laughs> That's a fucking t-shirt. I, I would wear uh, probably indeed but it says there has been a growing mm, acceptance among experts that covid vaccines while highly effective at preventing severe illness this is going to be the you know how the other episode was the shit episode this is the, the this is the cox episode. Yes. this is this is the cock episode for sure the cavalier johnson episode for sure we should we should dedicate it to dedicated to cavalier johnson is actually going to be the name of the episode i think <laughs> Because nobody will know. And his ball bag. <laughs> yes, yes, nobody, will, nobody will know why. Whoever the lieutenant governor is, has a ball bag, McGee. <laughs> now, it says, though, that uh, brace yourselves, folks. It says, while highly effective at preventing severe illness, which I call bullshit on just right there. It also goes on to say, do not stop infections very well. So at least they're giving us the half truth here to deal with. It does go on to say that Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of uh, Boo and Hiss, by the way, director of the Centers for Disease Control, Boo and Hiss again, and Prevention, CDC. Boo and Piss? Is that what you oh, said? Absolutely, yes. I would love yeah. to just have an entire <laughs> arena full of people boo her while she drinks pee. Admitted earlier this year that shots can't prevent transmission anymore. But yet, since November 2021, non-U.S. citizens entering America have had to provide proof of COVID vaccination. 
Now, that's just the people flying in. Now, the, uh, what is it? The non-government organizations, NGOs, John Henry, that have been sending us hundreds of thousands of fucking people over this entire period of time haven't had to provide this. So this is the type of hypocrisy that people see, and it makes them fucking crazy. And it makes us crazy too, folks. But that's why we do this show. Because it, it's better talking about Cavalier Johnson and uh, Blumkins and whatever else. Douche. Douche. Yes, than, than doing anything fucking eat, anything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> than that. Yeah, I'm not the mama. Um, <laughs> now, moving on to our last article for the big four. Uh, this one is from a listener, and I pulled this from New Scientist. It says, when will a vaccine for RSV be available in the U.S.? So, yes, they're not going to stop the whole vaccine platform. They're going to keep adding things to it. It's going to be the universal operating system, because guess whose idea that was? And for fuck's sake, like, well, how many European countries and countries across the world have completely stopped the vaccination of children. Yet here, they want that to be part of the vaccination schedule for well, infants. And as RFK Jr. told us, that's so they can force Fucking it on insanity. everybody with legal liability out the window. Speaking of Spring legal liability, them all up I believe it is tomorrow <laughs> is the final ruling if Pfizer and Moderna can be held liable for... Um, or any type of vaccine-related uh, damages. Good thing injuries. that'll be buried in election John coverage, Henry, right? They, John Henry, it's so yeah. fucking buried <laughs> that I've tried to find it on Brave and on Google since we've been sitting here the last couple of minutes, and I can't well, find it. John Henry, read a lot of this morning. John Henry, I want to just mention this. Um, Fauci, uh, our you know Sith Lord <laughs> Fauci, uh, you, yes. Lord Fauci, sir, come on now. <laughs> he teamed up with uh, Reagan and Poppy Bush there in 1986. For uh, the children's uh, vaccine, uh, I don't know the, I can't remember the exact term, but I looked That's it up. Where nobody likes a poppy book. Yep. <laughs> he just made a fucking pube fucking thing with Bush. <laughs> no, um, no, really, on the books, they protected their uh, vaccine manufacturer and the liability shield that they provided for them with the Children's Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, I believe yes. it was, to protect all of them. So can you elaborate on exactly what you read this morning? Because I thought that, that act being in, in existence would automatically cover those two fuckers. Absolutely. I was reading an article this morning and I saw on Twitter that it was about there's a final ruling. That'll be the be all end all on whether or not they can be held liable for vaccination injuries and deaths. Hmm. Because uh, this act gone. prevented them any. I'll 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 do my try my best, but I thought that that was that would be a uh, a null and void thing anyway because of that stupid act from 1986. I don't know, because so. it was specifically for Moderna and Pfizer. Oh, all right. Maybe there was uh with the time and maybe loopholes and all that shit. I'll I'll try to. Look well, I would up. also argue in that case, if it were my case to argue that. What they're presenting to us is not a vaccine and therefore shouldn't be covered by the rules governing vaccines. That, that could be the legal speak you're talking about. Yeah, because they changed it because they rewrites DNA and also this shit. And they they literally I made a joke about it earlier about how they literally changed the definition of vaccines uh, in the dictionaries for this shit like a year yeah. and a half ago or whatever. So you might be right. That might be uh, 
you know, legalese or whatever you want to well, call it. Well, and what I brought up about RFK Jr., though, is that he brought up the fact that um, you, in order to get it a, like universally, you know, liability free, is that you have to make it for all ages. Like if something is deemed safe for all ages, uh, like a vaccine, then there's basically like you you're, you have no fucking hope of ever ever having a case. Hence the infant. Yes. Hence hence the yes. infant. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. I got you. That's pretty sick. Well, yeah, shit. but if they're not going to get away with it on the mRNA experimental vaccines that they've been forcing on everybody, or not vaccines, as we should say, um, not even therapeutics, really, because how long is it therapeutic for? And um, what are the lasting side effects to the outweigh the therapeutic? You're supposed, you know? to take, you're supposed to take a vaccine and that protects you, yeah. period. Not this fucking constant every three months. It just lessens the uh, effects of whatever bioweapon is out in the ether. There's a well, bunch that of shit. may wane after about three weeks in general. Do we, regardless of what they gear it for, you know, or, or towards that the actual shit that they pump inside of you, whatever type of uh, antibody effect that it's supposed the to fucking have nanobots or whatever shit that people were talking about right at the beginning. And then that story went away. I mean, too. that is, that <laughs> is still a strong possibility, you know, but yes, as far as like the efficacy of the vaccine itself, like folks, if you just look up the vaccine efficacy for the Moderna Johnson to Johnson and Pfizer's, uh, they last about three weeks, like from, from what happens to your antibodies and what happens to any type of resistance to infection, um, within the first few weeks, actually, that a lot of people get infected right after getting their boosters. Um, that seems to be a common thing. And then regardless of the, those who don't, if when they test them later, like three weeks down the road, um, most of any type of what would be deemed as effective uh, protection, right, uh, drops to like 25 percent and then below. So it's garbage. It doesn't even stay in your system, except for like maybe the lasting side effects of having spike protein forced into your bloodstream and through your internal organs and brain. That that's actually what I wanted to ask the two of you your opinions on, because you know how our our mutual friend Donald Jeffries, he goes on uh the Jeff Rentz show, and I think he's actually on there right now. Um Jeff Rentz always brings up the fact that the non-vaccinated, for whatever word we want to use, were at risk from the spike proteins being shed by the vaccine, the, the people that got the jabs. So what do you think that that's doing damage to us as well? Well, here's the problem, right? Is that if you pollute a, a certain system, like say like people's blood, and then something happens to me, right? I'm a pure blood right now as I stand. I don't, I've never taken any of the mRNA shots. Now there has been talk of shedding from people to non-jabbed people, right? Um, but if I go into a hospital and they decide to just shoot me full of blood for some reason, you know, say I got hurt, whatever, and that blood has in like some of the traces of that spike protein, I don't know what that does. You know, I the, the, the jury's still out on that. And you know why I don't know? Because they didn't fucking test it before they put it out there. <laughs> That's why. I mean... We don't, we have no fucking idea. Like I couldn't possibly say with a straight face, you know, to, to my friends here or or to our audience, right. That I know exactly what's going to happen long-term. I've watched videos where people claiming to know a lot, you know, have stood up and said, this is going to kill a lot of people within the next few years. That, that is possible. I can't rule that out, 
do, do I know, can I explain or even understand the science of how that could work? Eh, possibly, you know, but. Yeah. Do you guys think that Trump really got the real jab or is that, was that a crock of shit too? When he became Superman afterwards? Well, I mean, he did get monoclonal antibodies and all kinds of other stuff when he was infected. I remember that during the election. So he was willing to take the hydroxychloroquine and the Z stack stuff uh, from uh, you know departed uh, Dr. Zelenko. Uh, but when it comes to taking the actual shot, I mean, John Henry, you and I have reported that uh, there was a list released of world leaders <laughs> that had been taking the saline solution that us conspiracy theorists oh. were talking about months ago that people were taking, right? <laughs> oh, you, know, you mean all those celebrities would be? Uh, yeah, Spain. Yeah, all those celebrities that were paid to have the selfie shots and all that, like uh, to Well, there promote. was a good video that just came out about everybody that was exempt from the vaccine. Yeah. You sent that to including the manufacturers, the CEOs. Anybody worked in any capacity in any type of congressional role, assistance, everybody, uh, every employee of Pfizer was exempt. Every fucking one. That should be front page news. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, is it that important, Graves? Come on, man. Not uh, in Nancy Pelosi's beard uh in in the uh, you know the anal whatever extravaganza Cavalier Dick was involved in with him allegedly right the, the Cavalier Johnson anal extravaganza is one hell of a title I don't know if I'm gonna be able to fit that all in the one line that they give me on bit shoot but that's my next hat that's my next ball that, cap ball sack cap I huh. can't wait to get that printed or uh, embroidered for you sir uh, now with um with this I, I will pull this video over because John Henry you mentioned this and uh, we might as well throw it in this stack because. Uh, I will unmute it and let you guys. The vaccines. All of Congress, plus all the congressional staff, House and the Senate. That's a lot of people. And this is Jeff Rentz talking. 6,000 White House employees, all exempted. 2,500 Pfizer employees exempted. 1,500 Moderna employees. And 120,000 Johnson & Johnson employees, all exempted. 15,000 CDC, 14,000 FDA employees exempted eight million chinese students in this country eight million how many of them are pla ccp 85 90 percent that's how many i can tell you that exempted here's another one two million illegal invaders exempted they don't have to get the shots now what is what is going on here now let me throw another one in this is going to be the cherry on top at least 500,000 homeless tent and street people are exempted. So they, whoever's planning this, want these people to survive and to take a significant role in the numbers of potential survivors and those who are in the cities. 500,000 homeless and and street people, and again, I'll repeat, some are there through no fault of their own. I get that. Many are completely at the bottom of the food chain, and they are not to be vaccinated. If the vaccine worked, which it doesn't, they would be protecting these people, but they're not. The vaccine is a failure. And thank you, Jeff France, for that, because uh, we were just talking about the man and there he pops up in this video. Say no yeah. more. That's exactly what I'm more. talking about. And uh, I'm glad our friend uh, Don Jeffries gets us. A- say you, say <laughs> me, say it together. Uh- faithfully right that was perfect yeah Yeah. um (laughs) 
Now, but this uh, I wanted to bring up before, as we close out, though, um, when will a vaccine for RSV be available in the U.S.? Now, it says here the U.S. has seen a huge surge in cases of respiratory uh, sync. Synctial? <laughs> Synctial virus or RSV, mostly in young children. You just say seal has a virus? Is that Kiss from a Rose was on the Batman Forever soundtrack in June 1995, and it was to die for. I mean, it has two Ys in it, so is it Synchial? Synchial? You know, this RSV thing is interesting. <laughs> um, so, What is it, John Henry? Because uh, I'm in the dark the last like months for obvious so reasons. One, what is it? Synchial uh-huh. virus. Two... Uh, so RSV is a respiratory disease. It happens very frequently in kids. My daughter had it when she was a couple weeks old. It's pretty dangerous. So in Hawaii, um, we just had a massive spread of this with children. Um, you know, and it's interesting because when I say massive spread, I mean freaking massive spread across the the adolescent population, all the way from babies up to, you know, 10, 12 years old. So this is really interesting to me because I've never seen a spread like that before. That basically uh, there was a big festival, and every fucking kid that went on the island had this RSV. And subsequently, I got sick, and I'm just like, man. I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, how fucking peculiar is this? And it was a long time. Like my daughter's just now feeling better, and it's almost three weeks for her. Um, so why would we need a vaccine? Right. And all of a sudden, this is starting to become a very common illness with kids. Almost seems like, well, it almost seems like that's on purpose. Yeah. What did they release out of the creepy crawler yeah. machine this fucking month? Exactly. <laughs> John Henry, I'm sorry. And it can't help but the, the go sorry, sorry your family went through that. Uh, I didn't, I had no idea. I, I'm a horse's well, okay, ass. man. But it's just, it's fine. Well, that's, you're that regardless of yes. your comments. Um, but (laughs) I'm a douche. (laughs) You're a real de papahama. Um, no man, but you'd like seeing that happen and for kids to get sick for an extended period of time. And now we're having a conversation about vaccines for this thing. It's just no coincidences, man. This really fucking bothers me that because COVID didn't get the kids the way that they hoped it would allegedly. You know, that now we're looking at a situation where they have to come up with a new reason where kids do suffer from RSV and it is dangerous. Well, yeah, because nobody in their right mind that's a parent would look at the rate of COVID fatalities of children or even like severe All cases right. would be like, I want way. to give my child a COVID vaccine. Horror movie Ooh. expert. Do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the control 28 room. days later. Nope. It reminds me of the control room of Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Yeah, with the different possibilities like between Hellraiser, Evil Dead, all these different things. To they appease, have all the different uh, video oh. streams, and they release the different yeah. monsters. Bradley Whitford was in it, and uh, the whole idea, the whole premise was that all these different horror movie scenarios are carried out to cause and create the, as much terror within the public as possible to appease these ancient gods that are uh, hibernating within the core of the earth. Exactly. And they release the different ones sometimes based on geography. Yep. Right. Like, okay, well in Asia, it's like the ring type character. 
Yep, and then Hellraiser with Pinhead. Only they couldn't use Pinhead; they used a different type of Cenobite. And they did the Evil Dead. Pretty much was the whole movie. You know, the cabin in the woods was Ash, Bruce Campbell, all that. But it was it was basically select your own. Um, you know, for the powers of be, select your own terror adventure or whatever, for lack of a better term. And you're right. I just thought about that. Yeah, it's kind of sick. We could only hope that whatever demons that may be listening that are planning on sending whatever next sickness like this to the uh, fake state of Milwaukee <laughs> instead of sending it to anywhere else, you know, maybe the next wave. That's where Bob Euchre is from, from Mr. Depending on how these elections go, it might be the sovereign state of Milwaukee. Yeah, the sovereign state of Milwaukee. Yeah, they make cheese and the young and the restless. And you know something else? Bob Euchre, the sports announcer, he was on Mr. Belvedere in the 1980s. And he related to Artie Lang, a very, very funny comedian, that and Norm MacDonald. He related to them that Mr. Belvedere not only took it up the Hershey Highway, but sat on his balls at cast rehearsals. Thank you. I mean, hey, uh, it all fits with the Cavalier Johnson motif of the show. But um, I just wanted to say, hey, now, <laughs> just wanted to say, speaking of giant things, um, I, I remember Bob Euchre fondly from two uh, media uh, appearances, uh, those that he's in with the major league movie series, uh, but then also getting strangled by Andre the Giant in WrestleMania. That is by far one of the best wrestling things, just seeing like skinny ass Bob Duker and then Andre's giant fucking hand around his neck is so unbelievable. Wait a second. All right. For those of the uninitiated, yeah. could you just detour for one minute and tell me what are you talking about? Bob Duker was, I know Richard Belzer, the guy you think has been dead for years. Who's actually very much alive. Hulk Hogan strangled him, but I never heard about Euchre. Uh, let, let me look it up right now. It, it was it was during a promo uh, that Andre the Giant was doing, and Euchre was like the announcer, like kind of like a Mean Gene Okerlund type. And then uh, he says something smart to Andre, and Andre like fake chokes him because if he actually choked him, like Andre the Giant could flip a fucking car. Um, so I'm pretty sure if he grabs you around the larynx area, you ain't gonna be breathing. Uh, very much. Well, Belzer actually sued Hulk Hogan and oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. He got <laughs> choked the fuck out, uh, by Hulk Hogan actually. Uh, but here I have a picture yeah. of that, that I am going to be opening in a new tab and bringing on over here. It is. And Andy Kaufman had nothing. I don't to do think with Andy this. Kaufman had anything to do with this. Andy Kaufman actually may have been already deceased at this point. Um, I believe, but, yeah, look at the size of that Bob fucking Uker. hand, dude. Oh man. Just imagine him working with Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, he took it up the Hershey Highway. Oh, he sat on his nuts. Well, if <laughs> Belvedere sent Andre to settle the score, Andre could have finished the job pretty much at any point, as you folks can see here. Um, and it's also noted Rest that uh, Andre would often mm-hmm. not really cooperate with the people he didn't get along with in the wrestling business inside the ring. And may even sit on them and shat himself at certain points too, which I'm sure that brings me that brings me back to my uh, <laughs> my uh, that would just uh, I would never show my face in any in any locker room or any arena ever again if Andre the Giant sat on me and shat. And I was never invited <laughs> back to the Pizza Hut buffet in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, ever since. I mean, Thank that'll you. definitely clear you out in Andre the Giant size portions, I'm sure, but. Uh, so let's bookmark a lot that of 12 year old corn coming out <laughs> but um let's wrap things up now with uh some shout outs uh i wanted to thank our goldsmith for contributing articles to uh this year's hey, six. Oh, let's six. go back 
six. I don't mean to shit on guards. Uh, no, shadow, but do we have any, do we have any kind cause I've been out of the loop for obvious reasons because I've been trying to be a male gigolo in, uh, across the Cavalier country. Johnson. Um, which means oh, you have a lot of extra mm, free time. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I was going by the moniker of uh, Rip Nasty, but yeah. okay. Um, no, I just wanted to know, do we have any kind of a January 6th update just in lieu of our good friend Gary McCray? Um The January 6th update uh, for this week is going to consist of uh, giving Gary our best wishes to get the hell out of that house and leave all of his ex-wife stuff in it. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> and do you know? Do you know he's giving? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, do you know Gary's? Uh, is it give send go? Because uh, I'm not really familiar with that. Yes, uh, Gary does have a give send go that you all can donate to. Um, and then uh, that I've been including in every week's uh, description. So with the videos on Bitchute, Odyssey, Rumble. And Brighty on, um, you can find uh, Gary's links there. And I also believe on all of the podcast links as well. So if you're listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, or Amazon, uh, you you can also find his Give, Send, Go there too. Um, so I, I try and promote that stuff so all of our contributors um, can get some notice and get some support from the audience. So we appreciate everything that you all have done uh, for uh, the contributors here at The New Prisoners um, those of you in the audience that have donated, thank you very much. And, um, Chris Graves, I also include your links too. Uh, so people can find your donations. No, stuff. that's fine. No, I, I appreciate it. I, I'm, I, the people that have donated have been very kind and, uh, I'm trying to, uh, reach out to each, each individual, one of them. I'm just trying to set up, uh, my life at the moment, but I'll definitely get back to you. And it's more than appreciated. And if anything, if you could just find it in your heart to uh donate to gary's thing right now because uh that's a good guy and he really needs all of our our support well, as i mentioned yeah our friend gary mcbride is uh currently relocating um he he lost his home because uh of everything that happened between covid and his marriage and and dedicating himself to um finding out all of the uh things about january 6th that he's helped expose and will continue to expose rather here on this show and the docucast that we're working on and then and all, the, all of his other endeavors um so but yeah if, if you're listening gary shout out to you brother we love you man we'll we'll have you back on the show sometime soon once you get settled in wherever that may be but um yeah that's let's, let's uh, wrap it up with uh some uh, shout outs. I, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to guard for helping to contribute to some of the articles on I the show. I have a quick question in between yeah, the shout yeah, outs. Sure. Buddy. You, you go ahead and finish. Well, yeah, the guard I just wanted to thank guard for all of his support and stuff like that. Uh, you can find many of his um, entries here on Substack, but then also don't forget to go and subscribe to him on, at Liberty conspiracy. And then also check out his work on, I always forget to mention that he does great work for MRC TV. Um, it's, it's like, because we're, we're on the, the same wavelength when it comes to like the, all the alternative platforms, but MRC TV does have a rumble channel too, and it's massive. So definitely go there and check it out. Uh, but yes, John Henry, you were going to say. So, uh, I've been streaming the Trump rally while we've been on the show tonight. There's a lot of speculation. He's going to announce that he is going to run in 2024. Mm -hmm. I would just like an opinion from you guys. Is that going to help us tomorrow or hurt us? Um, whoa. I would say hurt. I would say hurt. Um, and here's why. 
there is a lot of people, um, particularly with like the, the network of people that we've been talking with uh, lately here on the show that uh, really don't care much for Donald Trump. Uh, so I don't see it motivating anyone there um, to want to go out and support anything if they still do. Um, but also, I, I, I do see that um, it, it sort of takes the eye off the prize a little bit. Like getting into the general election stuff now for 2024 when the midterms aren't yet settled. And especially like with the whole guilt by association that they're doing with Trump and January 6th, that if something, some type of fuckery, and it's not that there hasn't already been, right? We just documented a couple different stories of said fuckery um, in the elections, but I'm talking about some massive scale fuckery. Uh, happens in the midterm elections, like him announcing and him being tied to that and being thrown into all those stories along with his name, uh, that ain't going to help shit. It really isn't. Um, it's not going to win over anybody that, you know, was on the fence, I'd say. And then the rest of the people that were going out to maybe hold their nose and vote Republican because how fucking insane the Democrats have made their localities. Like, this is more about what happened to you on a local level this election, right? Uh, especially what happened to you during COVID, what, what's happening with the economy right now, uh, what it's like living in your area and of being able to afford living in your area. So, yeah, there was a lot of posts um, last couple of days about when you go vote, vote as if you were locked down, you know, your children were masked. Go fill up your gas tank and go grocery shopping before you vote. And I think that's a lot more pertinent. But I agree with you. I think that. It won't sway anybody that wasn't already taking a more conservative stance yeah. for sure. And he's but, got um, plenty of time to build. You know, that's a, like, you're too fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but, Grace, what do you think? Whoa. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but I kind of, uh, I've always had my independent thoughts about Donald Trump. Well, first Trump. off, Graves, that's not um, a toe. That's Cavalier Johnson. That's a fucking Cavalier <laughs> cock. And Balsax McGee, his uh, right hand. stomping on my puppy hammer now. <laughs> Not the mama for sure. Not the mama. Oh, God, he said Al Bundy. Now, um, I have to agree with uh, my very good friend Donald Jeffries and, and Billy Ray Valentine, Tony Arterburn, and I believe Chuck O'Kelly, uh, my good, very good producer, would agree to an extent, too. I think uh, Donald was on to something when he said the Trumpenstein project and now the Bidenstein project. They're two sides of the same corroded piece of dung. But here's the thing. I know I have friends. Uh, I think I have some friends that kind of believe in Donald Trump still, but and I don't want to burst their bubble. But in my heart, I think he's a part of the problem, just like Joe Biden, just like all these puppets. And I think that uh, his actions, all he did was tweet for four fucking years. He tweeted. That's all he did. And he riled up a whole bunch of people. And if anyone is thinking I'm a piece of shit right now, just look up Cambridge Analytica, which is uh, all about psychological operations and psychological warfare. And that was introduced by a individual by the name of Steve Bannon. And Billy Ray Valentine actually played uh, the audio clip uh, two weeks ago, I think. I was still in Los Angeles. He played the audio clip uh, that was hidden, I guess. It was secretly recorded of Steve Bannon basically 
saying on election night that regardless of whatever it appears to be, if Trump's not winning or if he is winning or whatever, if he's not winning, the uh, and this was one of Trump's closest advisors at the time. And then he uh, Trump kind of distanced himself uh, after the first year. But then he kind of brought him back into his circle again. So I don't know. Bannon basically had said in a conversation that what we're going to do, he laid it all out there. He said, we're going to say that the election was rigged and that it was stolen from Trump from the beginning, even before like the whole thing was over and done with. I listened to it and it, that proved people like myself and Billy Ray Valentine and Donald Jeffries that had any kind of questions about the legitimacy of of Trump as a candidate for the president of the United States, they kind of proved our point. And believe me, I don't want to be right about this shit because it's all disgusting. But I'll just say this, that Donald Trump claimed that he would open up the investigation into 9-11. He would release all the rest of the JFK assassination files and yada, yada, yada. He appointed he was actually right there. I don't know if he officially did it, but he was talking about appointing Robert Kennedy Jr. to head the commission on vaccinations. And he, at the last minute, he let Bill Gates change his mind. And I think he, this Mar-a-Lago thing, I think that was pretty much a setup, a psyop and shit to get people, get Trump supporters that felt alienated by the January 6th incident and you remember a whole bunch of people died during that and this guy and wanted them to come to the capitol i know that you got true blue patriots that say you know what i came to the capitol to support my president and everything but you know what he didn't help the cause and his uh right hand man rudy giuliani mr 9-11 cover up himself uh with his own uh right hand man mr bernard carrick and let's remember bernard carrick actually used a an apartment above ground zero that was supposed to be for 9-11 firefighters and rescue workers. He used that apartment exclusively as a sex apartment for lurid affairs. People don't remember this because it wasn't reported too much, but Rudy Giuliani, piece of shit in my opinion. And he was uh, Trump. It, It seemed like every, person that Trump would appoint was against Trump in the beginning. And they all seem to be a part of that whole Goldman Sachs thing that his his big rival, Hillary Clinton, who he claimed on live television that if he was president, she would be in fucking jail. And then after he was elected, said, oh, no, no, the Clintons, they're good people. Well, we're not going to do anything about that. Just remember all this shit, people. That's my disdain for this guy. He's a reality TV star, and he was almost like, what, bankrupt a few times? He almost bought a piece of property in Plainville, Massachusetts, that was actually down the street from uh, the where the Patriots play at a place called Gillette Stadium, which I think is owned by Robert Kraft, the, the owner of the Patriots, whatever. And I think at the time, I remember watching Donald Trump do infomercials on how to make money quick at 2 a.m., then all of a sudden, he was like the prime candidate out of nowhere. And this whole Cambridge Analytica thing totally tied into all of that shit. 
even I don't know the accuracy of this, but even shows like The Simpsons, which have been known to show this kind of synchronizing thing when it comes to events like 9-11 and all these other things, they even had an image of Trump becoming president. And I, I believe it had something to do with him going down the escalator, which was like the big publicity shot that, you know, right yeah, at the beginning of his campaign or mm-hmm. it's all tied in folks. And you know what? Now I'm just doing verbal diarrhea, but Donald Trump is not the solution. He's part of the problem. He's he's yet another criminal faction. I mean, he was in he was on the Lolita Express, just like Bill Clinton with Jeffrey Epstein and all this uh, child molestation shit and everything. I'm not saying the guy was uh, allegedly you see all the pictures with him and his daughters and shit over the years. Very disgusting. And the, the, the biggest thing for me is the 9-11 thing. He totally turned the whole dancing Israelis thing story, which was a real story. And I know people don't like to talk about it because they're afraid of being labeled anti, anti-Semites or whatever. But he turned that into a whole bunch of Pakistanis or a whole bunch of Middle Easterners were, uh, were in the street celebrating on 9-11. That wasn't the case. It was, it was Mossad agents over in New Jersey. And that got turned into a thing, too. And the same thing with Alex Jones. Alex Jones, you know what? I have a lot of people I respect that actually look up to Alex Jones because they claim that he woke them up to a lot of stuff. But you know what? A lot of stuff he woke them up to, people like Patriots, real Patriots, like Bill Cooper and shit, that got his ass shot to death on his own property, was bringing up way before Alex Jones. And Alex Jones co-opted all of Bill Cooper's work, in my opinion, allegedly, whatever you want to call it. And now Alex Jones's actions when it comes to uh, these Sandy Hook trials and everything, and he's not even defending himself when it comes to the actual evidence that's being labeled. Like the whole reason for the Sandy Hook trial, the defamation suit, was that a, a worker of his who was actually a good friend of mine, um, Tony Arterburn, was good friends with Owen Troyer that worked for Alex at the time. And Owen brought up a good point. He said, hey. Why is this Neil Breslin guy, this parent of a Sandy Hook child? I'm not saying no children died. I'm not. I think children died. I think it was half of a false flag, half of a Twilight Zone experiment, whatever. I think the whole thing with that trial was that this Neil Breslin guy said that he held his dead child in his arms with a bullet hole in his head. Yet, if you go back and look at the coroner for Sandy Hook, the day after Sandy Hook, uh, a guy by the name of Wayne Carver, who's no longer alive, the same coroner that's like making goofy gestures and goofy faces and all, and not answering questions and basically being incoherent, in my opinion, allegedly, whatever. That guy said that none of the parents ever came in contact with their children and that they had to be identified by Polaroids. So if Alex Jones is exactly who he is, kind of like Donald Trump, if Alex Jones was for real, all he had to do was show that evidence and it would have been the whole case. I'm not a lawyer, but that whole case would have been thrown out right then and there. But he did nothing. He did nothing. And now this goofy two, $2.3 trillion or what? Oh, no, that's what Rumsfeld said was missing the day before 9-11. But anyway, $3 trillion, whatever he owes the Sandy Hook families. 
It's not meant for him because he was just used. He's a puppet, just like Donald Trump was a puppet, just like Barack Obama, Clinton, Bush. Bush was the I want to have a beer with this guy, president. Mm-hmm. And uh, Obama, you can go with the whole birther thing. I don't think I think he was born in America, but I think uh, Barack Obama was uh, a CIA asset, just like William uh, William Jefferson Clinton. George Poppy Bush, George W. Bush. Anyway, this is a long rant. I think you guys just vote whatever is in your heart. And I hope that I'm wrong in that the electoral process and elections and shit is not as corrupt as I actually think they are. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered a lot of ground, but I mean, ultimately, I would agree in in the sense that if you're still going to choose to vote and participate, uh, don't put like, don't put every hope that you have in the world on that. Like, I think that the most, uh, one of the things, and this is probably a great transition over to a shout out to our friend, Vince Agnali, um, who has another Substack entry that I wanted to give a shout out for this week is, are you smarter than a five-year plan? It talks about Marxism. Um, and down here in the final section of it, I just wanted to read this too, like just in regards to what you had just brought up. Um, it says the model, um, here is right out of Marx's crisis theory. But as you can see, the Soviets were going by a guess. Did you notice words such as transformation and transition in place of violent revolution or forced labor? Wherever you see or hear a five-year plan or a five-part something or other, you can bet that no matter who or what party is pushing it, that it is purely a Soviet-style plan or a Stalin type of plan. Now, they want to rebuild the weather by destroying it with toxic chemicals released by planes on their daily routes across our nation's skies, and the result are promised in their five-year plan. Did they mention how the vaunted solar panels will be useless and no plants will grow so most of us will starve? But that is the typical Soviet-style five-year plan. If we do not perform a separation, and this is why I wanted to read this to you folks after the conversation we just had, from our local governments who do nothing but make us poorer with their taxes and fees, duplicating what the state governments do, and as they duplicate the federal supreme law of the land, that's in quotes, rulers do to us, and in a 1776-style format, to start over without destroying so much as one blade of grass, then we all deserve to be victims like the kulaks holding on to a little trying to wait it out for a little bit more make the parties illegal vince says as they were not allowed in 1776 he says thomas paine said in common sense and blamed them as equally as king george for the forced tyranny and he ends it with yours and liberty as usual vince i wanted to bring that up because you know, right now, as as we're going into the election tomorrow, right, um, that there is a lot of people that are going to have a lot at stake here still. But the system itself, the way it's structured, and like we've been talking about, with getting rid of the alphabet agencies, with getting rid of the ATF, with getting rid of the IRS, getting rid of a lot of these things, getting rid of the structure of who gets appointed to what because they have this job there, where that job doesn't have to be there. And in fact, as of lately, from what I've been seeing with all this and per our conversation with Chris here about the, the deep corruption on both sides 
of our nation that I would rather see us take back local control before ever trying to take back any national control of anything with a political party, because the people that we're appointing into those positions should not have those positions. That's where I believe it. All right. Now with um, some final uh, show. Hey, yeah, hey no six. Can I just yeah. say one more thing? And I'll no, shut you're the good. You're up, good. I promise. I just want to say, I love both you and John Henry and Gary. I love you, brother. And Lisa, hopefully, Hopefully now Lisa, uh, recovering in, from her surgery, will be able to join us now that we're at a all kind of on a, a more even, you know, time time zone. Oh, true. Lisa's doing great. I, just yeah, tell- I, I got I got word from uh, Donald, our intern, <laughs> also Lisa's husband, uh, that uh, Lisa is out of surgery and doing well. And I actually spoke with Lisa uh, earlier today. So, yeah, she is doing awesome. That is good. I just wanted to say one last thing that uh, I love you, Jen. I don't know if you'll hear this, but I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I really am sorry. That That's it. Thank you. Well, uh, we love giving you the time to, uh, you know, pass that message along because that that's why we do this show. We don't do it just to talk about politics. We don't do it to just, you know, get things off of our chest, although it is helpful. Like I mentioned, um, we do it because this show helps people. And like, that's something that John Henry and I have talked about. It helps us, but it helps other people too. It might help you listening. And I'm glad for that. And um, hopefully you come back on next episode and check out the next conversation that we have and you get something from it that helps you get through your week. That's, that's all we really want to do with this show um, in the end. So, uh, and some of that helps me do that too. Um, I, I definitely get a lot out of Silas's uh, videos that Silas speaks here. Uh, so I bookmarked his channel there. Go check out all of his videos there on BitChute. Uh, we are on BitChute with him. Subscribe to us as well on BitChute. And then hopefully at some point we could figure out how to do some live streaming here, John Henry, and get ourselves on the Rockfin along with the rest of our friends over at America Unplugged. So I bookmarked them too. Uh, just a huge shout out to uh, Tony Arterburn uh, for everything that he's done for our friend Chris Graves. Thank you very much, Tony. Um, and then also Donald Jeffries and uh, Billy Ray Valentine. Um, you guys have all been great. Uh, I hope to do a, a wrestling conspiracy party someday with uh, all you cats. And uh, also our friend Billy Ray, who's a big wrestling fan. I would love to uh, talk wrestling uh, with that dude, uh, as well as conspiracy theories. But um, switching back to the panel here, uh, the idea that I had for that show the other night, Graves, while I was talking to you, uh, was doing it like a Royal Rumble style where we get the top 30 wrestling conspiracy stories and just put them all in any type of order and count them down from 30 to one. And then we'll all pick our favorite at oh, the end. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Mr. Kool-Aid, he was a wrestler, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely could have been. Oh. Uh, also known as, as Haystacks Calhoun back in the day if you painted him red. but Or not the mama. That, too. <laughs> that, that would definitely be your your finishing maneuver is the not the mama. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, hey now, Baba Booey. It, it would be Whoa. like an Eddie Gilbert hot shot, but you just uh, spring the person onto the rope so they crush themselves. And then you say, not the mom. Yeah, what that guy yeah. said. What he said. <laughs> but um, John Henry, final thoughts for this episode. Um, <clears throat> Love you too, Graves, you big meatball. Love having you on, buddy. Uh, you two, number six. I'm a douche. I apologize. We <laughs> love you, buddy. And everybody else out there, man, too. You know, we, we love you guys, man, and, and love everybody around you because, um, you know, love, faith, hope, strategy, 
you know, all of these things are going to be incredibly important. So, you know, certainly um, really hoping for the best outcome tomorrow and for us to have a really positive conversation next week. Try to be patient. Uh, there's a good chance that there's some wild shit that's going to take place that we're not going to know results. Um, but don't don't be full of anger and vitriol. Don't take it out on people around you. Um, you know, that's incredibly important. And if you're hearing this after the fact and you're kind of in that moment and things panned out the way that you didn't want them, don't don't lose your hope. Don't lose that positive energy because right now we have momentum and that's critical. So let's just stand together, man. Stand together for our families, our friends, our loved ones, our children, our future, our country, our freedom, our constitution, all of that. Uh, because that's the most important thing in this life for sure. As you see all these um, you know, social credit systems and digital currencies and, and there is a, a, a war waged against us and good as a whole right now. Uh, and, the, you know, the United States, this is the line in the sand, right? If we fall, the whole entire globe falls. So uh, stand together, man. Be strong, guys. Fight the good fight. Appreciate everybody. Thank you, John Henry. And I'll just say this. Um, by the time we get this episode out, I'm hoping to get it out by, you know, maybe tomorrow night as as election results are coming in. I'm going to try and rush this one out just because of the timeliness. And also, it is a shorter episode. So theoretically, easier to edit. But I will say that um, as people are listening to this this week and as the election results start rolling in and whatever type of joy or disappointment that you may be experiencing at that, and uh, hopefully not too much like anger like John Henry was talking about, um, I just want you all to think about this. We deserve better than this shit. Until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. The Pappy Hammer. <laughs> not the mama, douche. Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to the new prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support. There, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. We also have a Subscribe Star, where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. Or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.